the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show starts right now. And uh, I want to read to you something before I bring on our next guest. Uh, Leo Sapir, fellow uh, Manhattanist, Ph.D. from Boston College, postdoctorate at Harvard Gender Medicine. Uh, Causes and Consequences of Institutional Dysfunction. Uh, That's what his uh, Twitter account states. Uh, Soon after DeWine's presser, uh, he talked about Governor DeWine uh, clarifying his plan, plan for administrative rules on pediatric gender transition. And Sapir said this, with the exception of the data collection and surgery ban, the requirements for therapy assessment and multidisciplinary care are empty requirements or worse. In the, quote, affirming approach, uh, quote, multidisciplinary means having different types of providers, endos, mental health, social workers, who are all committed to affirmation only first. It does not mean providers who are or who have different views on whether or when affirmation is appropriate. So they're already swallowed the pill. Everybody should do it 100 percent. Comprehensive mental health assessment means helping affirmed trans kids understand and cope with different domains of life where the new gender may cause issues. It's called minority stress or dealing with it. And he said, I suspect that DeWine doesn't fully understand this. And to some extent, I don't fault him. Affirming providers go to great lengths to deceive the public and policymakers about what happens in this area of medicine. I say, whether he understands it or not, he ought to. And his inability to understand it makes him unfit. That's my take. Uh, Gary Click has a take. He's State Representative Gary Click. He's creator of House Bill 68. He's brought it down to the one-inch line uh, within striking distance of a veto override. And then DeWine pulls these shenanigans today. Uh, Gary Click, welcome back. How are you? How are you this afternoon, sir? Wow, that's a trick question, isn't it, Jack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're a pastor; I'm you can handle it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I won't say that I'm the happiest camper at the moment. Um, you know, I, there's something that I like. I, I like. So let me just start off with what I do like. I do like the fact that he's taken an executive order to ban the surgeries. That's a good thing because the SAFE Act will not take place for three months, Mm -hmm. and I can see a rush to kids to get surgeries that they don't need and that they should not have in the meantime before the SAFE Act takes place because it's 90 days after the Senate will override the veto. So that's good uh, if if that's all that it is. But this whole idea of uh, adding, giving a bureaucracy the control of this and and doing Substituting the SAFE Act with bureaucrats uh, is is ludicrous. It's not going to work. And Lior Sapir, I, I've consulted with him before. We've had some great conversations, and he's been very helpful in this process. Uh, and every, I agree with everything that he just said. 
What I don't understand, Jack, is just the convoluted thought process that was going on in the press conference today. Oh, you caught you caught on to that too. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, he, he he says that um, okay, we can't have the government telling people what to do, so I'm going to give executive orders. Well, ding ding ding, the government. <laughs> and then and then after that, he says, and I need the then he he diverts to. Where a mana or whatever he called it, uh, marijuana, and and he says, uh, and we need the the legislature to take action. Well, why don't you just do an executive order for that? Yeah, you know, you can't have it three or four ways. You know, it it, it just it, I I'm I'm having trouble following. Um, and uh, that's just he's not on the right track on this. And I tried to give him the, the credit where he can. He's invited me to be a part of this process. Following going on, there are a couple things I I like the idea of um you know getting the data that is important we had it in the bill at one time it got stripped out through the uh committee process uh taking care of that making sure that we have the data not just for children but for adults i think that's very important i'm happy to work with him on those things but that is not a substitute for good legislation he's had five years to take the lead on it he's had three years to join us and he can't just jump in in 10 days and become a master at this and tell us how it ought to be. I just don't buy that. So, well, you don't we're buy it. Override the governor. Okay. Well, that's what we're going to talk about next. But a couple of comments that I want to make, if I may. Um, that this is Mike DeWine. This is who he is. This is Mike DeWine saying, I know better. Me and my experts know better. Don't look over here at Amy Acton, who got it completely wrong. But me and my experts, we know better. Um, it, or so I guess it would. <laughs> but at any rate, to your point, this is a stopgap. This allows the surgeries to stop immediately. If Republicans aren't milk toast and get back to the state house and do the business and bidding of the people, then this is great because there are no more surgeries until House Bill 68 has a veto override vote and then all of it right. goes on the books. But to your point, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. I don't want I don't want the government to do it. The government shouldn't be involved, but here's a whole bunch of bureaucracy. We're going to collect data. We're going to put together these multidisciplinary teams, and we're going to make sure you get a bunch of mental health care. I mean, all he is doing is shoving more, you know, more under the tent. The camel's nose is already under the tent, and here right. comes big government. So he's lying. He's lying. Um, the whole multidisciplinary thing is a fraud put on by the hospitals. Um, the, you know, they wanted us to allow the, the puberty blockers for severe cases. And I said, well, how do you determine severe cases? And they, I said, there's no blood test. There's no DNA test. They said, a multidisciplinary team. Well, what does that mean? That just means you have someone from each profession, but they all have the same philosophy of this slogan called gender affirming care. Gender affirming care is a slogan. It's not science. Uh, it's based on the faulty uh, research of Dr. John Money who experimented on the twin boys, uh, Brian and Bruce Reimer, turned Bruce into Brenda, and reported on this as the John Joan case, and said it was a great success. Uh, but both boys died by suicide, and their mother attempted suicide. If that's a success, what the failure look like? Uh, there is no such thing as a gender assigned from your sex. That is made-up, poppycock, nonsense, garbage, and that's what they base this on. If you do not perform gender-affirming care, that's the only option that they, they provide. It's either gender-affirming care or anything else they call conversion therapy. Well, they asked me what I thought about conversion therapy in committee when I gave my sponsor testimony. 
And I just said, I don't think you ought to be converting boys into girls. They didn't like that answer. Well, that's that's the point. Conversion therapy doesn't work if you want to take somebody who who feels like they're gay or transgender and keep them to their gender. But conversion therapy absolutely works if it involves hormones, uh, puberty blockers, and gender mutilation surgery. I mean, again, you can't get very far. Lesbians that I know, yeah, many gays and lesbians I know think this is conversion therapy when you're, you know, because a lot of these kids would just grow up to be, you know, gay or lesbian. And yet you're saying you're not good enough to be a boy. You're not good enough to be a girl. So we got to switch you and we got to swap you. So let me um, ask you this. That's what happened. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, that's just what happened over in England at the Tavistock when they did all their research. They said the homophobia, regardless of whatever you think about it, they said uh, the homophobia was, was huge. Parents were coming in saying, I don't want a gay boy or a lesbian daughter, so I'd rather switch them over. And uh, it was appalling uh, the extent that you go to to avoid that. It's just disgusting. So let me ask you this. I believe that uh, this could be a, a weapon wielded by milk toast Republicans who go, see, the big thing's off the table. We don't really need to vote to override now. State Representative Gary Click, give us some hope. Are, are there sane lawmakers who are going to come back to the oh, state yeah. house and override the governor? Well, I think, yeah. So I think he add to this, the, the, I'm just telling you, the drumbeat coming from our caucus is strong. This is probably the most unifying thing that we've had since in this whole GA, to be honest. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are in our caucus. You want this done for the most part. And then you add to this uh, the fact that, okay, just aside from the layers of what the SAFE Act is, the governor just trying to take over the legislative process and saying, I know best, and you guys don't know, and I'm going to take over after you know I sat on the sidelines for five years, and now I'm going to take over, and you're going to do it my way. I, that has insulted a, just adds insult to injury on this. And uh, I'm sorry, but my colleagues just aren't buying that. That's not going to happen. So what I'm hearing from you is very emphatically that the House will override the governor's veto. I want you to affirm that. And then secondly, have you talked with your colleagues in the upper chamber, and do you think the Senate has an appetite to get this over the finish line quickly? Uh, the answer to both is yes. Yeah, we, we've got this. We're going to do it, you know, and I, I want to work on, with the governor on certain things. And I try not to make this about personality. I try to make it more about policy. But the press conference today is a little frustrating. <laughs> DeWine's, DeWine's whole political career has been frustrating. You're so kind, Gary. I appreciate you. Hey, uh, we've got about 20 seconds, literally 20, <laughs> literally 20 seconds. Anything else you want to leave our, our listeners with today? I know we'll have you back, but about 20 seconds here. Just call your legislator and encourage them. They want to do the right thing, but it's always good to have people calling and, and saying, yes, do it. Override. The more calls we hear from that, and there might be some who are thinking about not doing it. So call them and call them repeatedly. Send them emails. Let them know where you stand. You know, that you have our back and doing the right thing for Ohio's children and Ohio's women. Because even the Save Women Sports aspect is just being left on the back burner. Our women have been waiting way too long for equality when it comes to sports. They deserve it. They deserve it now. Amen. State Representative Click, thanks for spending time with us today. Welcome back in. Did you catch on Wednesday the Florida Surgeon General calling for a halt to the COVID-19 vaccine usage after the FDA said uh, he spread 
misinformation. Uh, he has grave concerns about COVID-19 mRNA vaccines um, and the health risks that, of course, the federal officials have said uh, equates to disinformation. Um, and it has a lot to do with RNA and DNA and accelerated cancers. But before I get into that, I want to welcome in Lynn Lafferty, Dr. Lynn Lafferty, Dr. Pharmacology, um, Dr. of Pharmacy and a licensed pharmacist, naturopath, herbalist, nutritionist, and chef who's committed to finding the safest and most effective means to promote health and wellness over disease and illness. Uh, Dr. Lafferty, welcome in. How are you today? I'm doing great. And Dr. Latipo is a good friend of mine, and I had him visit the university last year as well. So, And um, go ahead. You said the university. Tell us, uh, tell us where that is at. Yeah, I'm an endowed professor at Nova Southeastern University, yep. and I have courses both in the medical and pharmacy school. Um, I teach herbal medicine and also nutrition. So I gotta, I'm just going to make a blanket statement here before we dive in. Um, I have, I've been stunned since 2019, 2020, when public health officials were talking about COVID. And we understood pretty early on that if you had comorbidities, that you were at heightened risk. But a lot of the public health advice centered around masks and unproven vaccines. They didn't talk a lot about natural health, eating well, sleeping, drinking water, taking supplements. (laughs) Were you alarmed by that? I was so alarmed. Um, I had um, the chief of... um He's the head of the family medicine department and teaches the residents at our Broward General. And he came in and he said, you know, because of you, no one died of COVID on our service. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, he said, remember all those studies you showed me on vitamin D and zinc? He said, we put everybody on vitamin D, zinc, and vitamin C, and no one died um, on our service. So, um, anybody that's ever died of any infection, whether it's viral or fungal or bacterial in the hospital, have all been vitamin D deficient. And there was also another interesting study they'd done probably about 10 years ago in, in Canada where they took one hospital group of employees and gave them the vaccine for flu and one vitamin D. And the group that got vitamin D had less flu. Um, so vitamin D is a real important part of the immune system. And just recently have doctors even recognized that. And, um, every person and listening, um, ask for your doctor, if you go to see one for a vitamin D test, cause it is really, really important, not only for immune, but also for your bone health and other things as well, but you, those you, two especially. You're, you're speaking my language. Very few people, actually, I don't even know if I've ever announced this on air. Several years back when my daughter was born, it's a pretty stressful time, not because she was born. <laughs> it was a beautiful time because of that. But <laughs> that came afterwards. That's right. right that's right. So, you know, how do you cope with things? Well, you, 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 pick, up, you pick up healthy habits. Well, I actually competed on the, the natural bodybuilding circuit for a year. That oh, wow. year and a half of my life, I drank water, I slept, I trained, I took vitamin supplements. I ate clean. I ate greens. My immune system was incredible. 
And I, I wish I could go back to that. So when you talk about vitamin D, that was one of the first things when I consulted people who were helping me get healthy. They said, well, you need to take vitamin D because it's important for your immune system. You might, you know, you might want to take, take a look at some zinc, uh, some, you know, calcium, things like that. Now, obviously, I'm not prescriptive here. I'm not a doctor, not pretending to be. But what you're saying is resonating with me. But um, that's not what we're getting. <laughs> that's not what we're getting. Well, you no, know, it was interesting because I um, Dr. Fauci went on a podcast for, I believe it was Jennifer Garner, and he said he was taking zinc, vitamin C, and vitamin D. But did he share that with anyone? No. <sighs> so that that's a big, that's to me a crime. Um, the the Zinc especially works in many different ways. It like uh, for cold and flu, it um, puts a Teflon coating in those ca- the nasal cavity where the mucus is, so the the virus can't even get in. It's got to dive in to that mucus tissue to get in your body, and then it blocks it from getting in the cell. And then when it's in the cell, it blocks the replication. So. Um, and as a matter of fact, some of the, the different drugs like uh, hydroxychloroquine and I believe also elderberry, which we used here um, in, in this pharmacy because I had found a study in 2016 in Louisiana of COVID SARS had broken out in a nursing home and they extracted um, um, the elderberry in, in, uh, in alcohol and in five days, it was eradicated, it was gone, and no one went to the hospital or died from it. Wow. So uh, we made that early on. We have an herbal company we work with and asked them to make it the way they did in the study. So um, we're pretty successful here. None of my patients went to the hospital. So we've got about two minutes here, um, and, and, this is, and I want to have you back on because I think part of what we have to do is get off the, the sick care and get on to the, the wellness and health care. Absolutely. And so let me ask this final question, about a minute and a half here. Um, if, if you're just an average listener and, you know, it's winter here and this people are struggling with COVID or flu or whatever else, what are some simple things that we can do? Do nasal cleanse right. work, drink water? What does that look like? Absolutely. Um, they have in the pharmacy where you just get the nasal saline and clean those passages out. Um, they've shown that to be very successful. Um, get the vitamin D, take 5,000 units every day at least, and, and um, zinc. We have a zinc chelate. I like that a little bit better because the thing is with COVID, that's the reason people lost their taste. You need zinc. zinc. But the body is a brilliant machine. It's programmed. It has its own kind of consciousness. So it'll say to itself, listen, I don't need to taste food right now. I need all zinc to go to the cells and start um, blocking this replication of this virus or we might die. So that's why a lot of people lost their taste with COVID. So zinc is really important. So uh, Dr. Lafferty, about 20 seconds here. Where can folks start following you and engaging with you? Well, the first thing is, is to go to my website. It's D-R-L-Y-N-N-L-A-F-F-E-R-T-Y.com. And I'm having a free, um, with Moms for America, I'm having a free um, uh, webinar on the 23rd. It'll be uh, at, I believe it's at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, so I'd love to have you on. Just go there and sign up for it. And I have a lot of free, um, I have a free videos there with top doctors that I work with 
um, on the immune system, and it'll tell it'll talk about all the different things with your immune system and with these viruses. All right, Dr. Lynn Lafferty, thank you for spending time with us today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.